1: FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. And it's a beautiful day here in Southern California because the Lakers win game one upset against the Golden State Warriors. And now they are just three wins away from the Western Conference Finals. Armani Buckets, I know this is playing out exactly like you thought.
2: Yeah, Arash, I wanted to ask you a question. Obviously, you're very familiar with the Los Angeles area if we were to carpool to the parade what would be the most time <laughs> seriously though this team there is no limit to this team's ceiling we know this and it's just amazing to see it all transpire the way it did the fact that the warriors came back punched them in the face and yet d'angelo russell makes that clutch basket anthony davis with the clutch block and then i'm gonna say it i thought it was a fine shot attempt by jordan Poole. i don't know if you guys saw Draymond, obviously, is a podcaster himself. He <laughs> said he was fine with the shot. Um, I know that that was a big topic of conversation, but it's one nothing. You stole home court. And by the way, we talked about this. It's every other day. So yeah. the Warriors are not going to be able to rest up and get, you know, the Game 7 Sacramento off of them anytime soon. They're an older team. It's all looking like, you know, optimistic times to be a Laker fan. Might need to... Find something in my closet, deep in the closet, about uh, for the parade.
0: And by the way, Armand, great points you made. It's a great day to be a Laker fan. Of course, still a lot more work to do uh, against arguably the best team they're going to see the rest of the playoffs, right? I mean, the Warriors are truly a fantastic team. They won a championship for a reason. We saw that in the 14-0 run late in the game. They can do that. Elite lead is never safe against the Warriors in their three-point shooting, especially on the road. Uh, what I will say is this is maybe the first time in LeBron's career where he doesn't need to be the best player. He, I mean, his foot is obviously still bothering him. It has to be. Average 30 points per game during the season. He can't shoot to save his life anymore. He's averaging barely 20. And with that, they are still arguably the best team remaining right now because of their defense. It's just crazy to say. And I think that starts with Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt. That tandem uh, on the perimeter and in the interior, Davis is playing like the best player in the NBA right now. So, I mean, if they, if he continues to do that, I know he'd like to take days off. If he can be more consistent, there's no ceiling for this team.
1: You know, so when the Lakers took a 14 point lead with 545 left, I was not confident. Generally speaking, when you're playing the majority of teams in the league and you're up by 14 late, you're, you're fairly confident. But against the Warriors, they did what I feared that they could do and exactly what they did do. They, they went on a 14 to zero run to tie the game. This is the impressive thing for the Lakers, the majority of teams in the league when they're up by 14 on the Warriors and then the Warriors do what they've done so many times before because of Steph and Clay and Draymond and Jordan Poole and the team that they have, they go on a 14 to zero run, that crowd's going crazy. They crumble, they're done. The Lakers were not, they came back, they, they took the lead back and they won the game by five points, really showing the moxie of a team that has grown so much Armani Buckets, as you're watching that play out again, we've seen this happen where the Warriors are very calm. They've been in this position before. They're champions for a reason. When they go on a 14-0 run and your big lead evaporates and that crowd's going crazy, most teams crumble. The Lakers did not. I watched so many Golden State home games
2: this season, and I cannot tell you how many times I've seen them do exactly that. And I cannot tell you how many times I've seen the opposing team actually hold on. It can't be that many. Very, very few teams when they feel the Golden State Avalanche actually hold on. But as you said, Arash, it's a testament to this Lakers team's moxie, to their ability to withstand. And by the way, this team, LeBron, I really think at some point he's going to have games where he shoots the ball really well from three. Hachimura is going to, I believe, produce like he did earlier in that Memphis series eventually. If I'm Steve Kerr, Anthony Davis is going to do this on a nightly basis in this series. The goal for Golden State should be, can we take away D'Angelo Russell? Can we take away Dennis Schroeder? Can we take away Austin Reeves? Because if those guys get going,
1: not only are the Lakers going to beat Golden State, I think they're going to go all the way. Yeah, so Brandon, the number one thing that you brought up since you've been on the show, and not just this season, but you go back to a year ago, defense. If this Lakers team is going to contend, if they are going to be truly championship contending teams, they have to play great defense. And during this run, not just this postseason, but when they really turned around their season, the last quarter of the season, top five defense, and the way that they played against the Grizzlies, never seen them play that kind of defense before they've continued that there's gonna be a ton of stories about you know how about the points said anthony davis and lebron and whatnot the defense the defense is why this team is a championship contender now right
0: yeah it's the best defense remaining i think we've seen the celtics falter in in recent games i mentioned this early on especially on the baller sports dialogue podcast months ago and i got a lot of flack for this i said the Celtics would win the championship this year if Iman Adelka was their head coach. If it's Joe Mazzulla, he doesn't make defensive adjustments and it's going to be exploited deep into the postseason. And it's absolutely what's happening. I think the Celtics have the ability to have the best defense remaining. But Vanderbilt, Davis, I mean, Vanderbilt, what a job he did in a hurry, right? Then you have guys getting their spots. I mean, even D'Angelo Russell who would normally get cooked, Armand, and he did a couple times yesterday. He had a block on Curry. He had a couple, you know, stops defensively. And the way he's producing offensively, this is a really dangerous team, Arash. And they're eleven wins away from another championship. Obviously, there's a lot, a lot of work to do. And the Warriors won't be won't be an easy uh, team to get by. Neither will Denver or yeah. whoever they play. Philadelphia, you know, Boston or Miami. I'm not giving the Knicks any shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want you
1: guys both to touch on again, when all these trades were made, a player that you know, casual fans didn't really talk about because they probably didn't know who he was. Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt is a name that if you talk to scouts, if you talk to people around the league, the reason that they were thinking this team could go on a run, this team could do something, is defensively. What Jared Vanderbilt gives that team from his wingspan, from his, uh, you know, the, the way he plays defense, I want you guys to touch on how much of a game changer he has been. I mean, again, the focus is going to be on D'Angelo. It'll be on Rui Hachimura. It'll be on the guys who score a ton. Defensively, Jared Vanderbilt has been extremely key for this team.
2: For me, it's all about when, when you're guarding a Stephen Curry, you're never going to stop him. You need to tire him out. And Jared Vanderbilt, from the moment the ball was tipped last night, He was just hounding curry from the inbounds pass all the way to the in the half court offense just chasing him around and as you mentioned arash his wingspan even when steph thinks he's open he has to be considerate of vanderbilt's wingspan potentially blocking or contesting the shot and that's not to mention maybe Anthony Davis's wingspan potentially blocking or contesting the shot, as we saw with a minute, 15 seconds to go. Um Also Vanderbilt with a huge block in the fourth quarter against Looney on his layup attempt. It's just amazing to see the impact that he can have in a game, even when scoring really isn't, you know, his priority. But I still think that the, the ceiling for Vanderbilt as a player, there's still a long way to go because we've seen his confidence grow offensively. He hit a three-pointer in the fourth quarter to extend the Lakers' lead. Um, Yeah, and by the way, what a contract he has. Team yeah. option next year for $4 million, which obviously will be picked up. So a very, very good value contract going into next season.
0: And not only that, I mean, I've been a huge fan of Vanderbilt for the longest time, even when he was on Minnesota. Uh, Grant and I both were saying when they made their Go Bear trade, the big thing we were saying, why would you give up one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and Jared Vanderbilt, plus picks, plus you know Malik Beasley, who now, of course, is is heading to Taiwan soon enough. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I mean, it's okay. I, I love Malik Beasley. He might get a ring, thankfully, for riding the pine. But uh, no, in all seriousness, Jared Vanderbilt's a special defender, and that's why a lot of people are saying there needs to be an investigation into Danny Ainge, <laughs> gifting the, the Lakers, D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt, um, because of the impact those guys have made. And it's not just Vanderbilt. D'Angelo Russell has always wanted to be a Laker. He was a Laker. He left, and I think he's matured now, and he's able... By the way, uh, the guy has such a huge ego, which is good. He never gets flustered. He's like always confident. I think that's important for a player that plays in Los Angeles. And at this point, they're not interested in Kyrie Irving. Uh, I'm really interested in the offseason. I know we're not there yet, but to see how they can finagle getting some role players along with re-signing D'Angelo, extending Reeves, and Hachimura. Because by the way. Hachimuro is great. I know he didn't take many shots. He wasn't played as much in the second half. That's something I want to see in game two. I think he can be put on Wiggins. I know it's hard for him to kind of run around all those guys that the Warriors do, and that's why they had Troy Brown out there and a couple other guys. But you know, Dennis Schroeder is playing great. Can you re-sign him? I know he's on pretty much a vet minimum. This is a really good roster, and I'm really hoping they can bring the trophy home. You know,
2: go ahead, Rahman. I wanted to pose a question to you guys because we've been very positive, as we should be. Um, and this is not a negative thing, but Anthony Davis did log a lot of minutes in Game One, and we know that this series is going to be a quick turnaround. How concerning, or is that concerning, with 44 minutes being played? Another game coming up. D- do you guys think about that at all, or is that yes? Yeah, just-
1: listen, I mean, th- there's always concern with Anthony Davis. I-, I think whenever we 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 talk about this team. It's, it's always, and by the way, he's been the biggest like hex factor and we kind of glossed over it sometimes, but like the thought process was always if Anthony Davis can play like he can, his high watermark 2020 in the bubble uh, when they won the championship, if the Lakers can get that player, if they can combine him with a LeBron James who's playing Kind of like he has. Again, it's amazing that he's playing this way in his 20th season. But if LeBron can play like LeBron, if B D can play like himself, this is what you can get. And again, if you surround those two with complementary pieces, with role players who get their roles, you can have a championship team. But yes, there's always a concern with a guy who has not shown durability and every time he jumps up, every time he lands on the floor, there's always some concern there. So listen, I'm enjoying this ride for as long as possible. But yes, I mean, you go to that Sun Series in 2021, that team was a championship contending team. The fact of the matter is they lose in the first round. So people forget about that. But that team had the ability to go on a run like this team could potentially go on a run but it changes in a second if ad goes down this run is over i'm sorry yeah so, of course I, i'm concerned but not like like listen I've, i'm confident that uh he will be
0: healthy um i wanted to say something real quick uh when the lakers were in the bubble and won it all and this year davis both played in both years i know he missed some time this year but the, the key is fifty plus games. He played fifty six this year. And I think what that was able to do was at least prepare him to this point, prepare his body to this point, especially not getting hurt over the pat like a serious injury over the past two months has really prepared his body for this. Now, of course, if he continues to play at forty plus minutes it's a valid point. We saw Wenyan Gabriel in there for a couple minutes. The only time Davis did rest in the second quarter. Maybe we see a Tristan Thompson, just because. And it's crazy, but I mean, what is Tristan's game? Rebounding, right? Who's the Who's the X factor on the Warriors right now inside? I mean, it's Kevin Looney, right? So I think we might see a Tristan Thompson sighting in Game Two or Game Three. And I think hitting Davis and being able to stay close um, for about five minutes, similar to what the Warriors do with Curry is important. I think it needs to be said. I think Ham needs to expand the rotations a little bit in these next couple of games. Uh, get fresh legs out there because when you're going up against a zone, which the Warriors did play, uh, and it's going to be easy for the Lakers to exploit that, but what they need for that is they need fresh legs. I mean, I want to see Lonnie Walker. I know Mo Bombo was hurt, but at least Lonnie Walker... You know, Troy Brown is somehow evading China. It's going to be studied in school, but uh, he's on the floor. And then uh, a couple other guys, they're in a good position, Arash. They really are. But by the way, last thing I'll say, Rob Palenka... I know I've been critical of some things he's done in the past. He deserved the Executive of the Year award. Well,
1: okay, hold up. <laughs> I was going to talk about that real quickly because, uh, like, obviously he was not going to win it this year. But uh, the Executive of the Year, the NBA announced today, went to Sacramento Kings general manager, Monty McNair. That was the deserved guy who should have won they were. Um, no one expected this kind of a season from the Sacramento Kings, 16 consecutive years that they had not made the postseason. Not only do they make the postseason, they were the number uh, three seed. Uh, listen, took the Warriors to game seven at home, had a chance there, did not win. What what we're seeing, however, in what Rob Polinka did, it was sort of a late season season executive of the year the last quarter of the season executive of the year because we don't we didn't know how it was gonna play out clearly they were a terrible team a year ago and clearly prior to the trade deadline they were a terrible team once again so you're not gonna reward Rob. And by the way rob will never ever get the credit he deserves the year that they won the championship in 2020 he probably did deserve at least some consideration for executive of the year. And in fact, LeBron James uh, talked about that, uh, you know, in, in terms of n- no one putting respect on Rob Polinka's name, because listen, he, he's not one of those guys, right? He was just an agent, he, he became a GM. He didn't work his way up um, in terms of being like a scout or something like that. So Rob will never get the credit he deserves amongst his peers, but that being said, When you look at the six guys that they traded and the six guys that they brought in, effectively changing over half the roster, every move was the right move. I mean, he hit it on every single one. So as poorly as they dismantled a championship team with that uh, Kuzma, KCP, Harrell trade for Russell Westbrook, they really hit it out of the park with this move. So again, he won't ever get credit, he won't win executive of the year, but I don't think he cares about that if, at the end of the day, the Lakers win a championship.
2: Why do you think he will not? I agree with you, by the way, Rosh but why do you think it is that he never gets the credit he deserves? Because yeah, he's
1: not. Listening. Is it just because of the
2: he, narrative that was He created? was an agent.
1: He was an agent. He okay. was negotiating with a lot of these GMs for years playing hardball, the feeling was he did not deserve this job. He was Kobe's agent, very good friends with Genie Bus. got the job, and just, uh, you know, the way he carries himself, right? I mean, there's, there's these clips online of him well, quoting Bible verses and, and doing things. He just rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and the common perception around the league is, listen, you can fleece this guy. Like, he'll always throw in, like, an extra first or whatever. I mean, it's like, and by the way, the, this is just a perception. Now, it should change, and I don't believe it's right. I I, I I wrote back in 2020, he should have been like either the executive of the year or like considered, I mean, he wasn't even in the conversation for executive of the year. Any other GM who did what he did, because it wasn't just the trade for Davis. It was all the other moves that they made. And again, he never gets the credit. Maybe a part of it's LeBron and Clutch, where the – perception is that they are the GMs. Um, But listen, I mean, you look at the moves that they made at the trade deadline. There was not a Kevin Durant, Kyrie lockbuster. However, the six guys they traded away and the six guys they brought in, each one was absolutely perfect. And each one put them in the position they are in right now.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, um, but rob i can't say any good things enough you know i mean like we said arash though your perception a lot of people not your perception but the perception around the league was he could be exploited and he did the exploiting at the deadline so hats off to him um rarely does danny ames lose in a trade i'm not saying he did because he did get a protected first rounder but hats off and hopefully the lakers can exploit that zone and win game two and get greedy
1: Yeah, I mean, because it would be very, if it's the Lakers and the Celtics, for example, playing in the finals, the reason that the Lakers are in the position that they are in is because of Danny Ainge, former Celtics grade, former Celtics
2: executive.
1: Um, They're not in this position without that trade. And by the way, no one had to make that trade with the Lakers, right? Yes, they gave up a protected first, but people could have, and this has been a perception for quite some time, who wants to help out the Lakers? Who wants to help them out? Let them suffer. Let them keep the team that they have. Let's not help them out. But Danny Ainge, at the end of the day, got what he wanted. He got a first round pick. And so, uh, but at the end of the day, what the Lakers got were crucial key pieces. D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt. Now, Malik Beasley is not going to play, but listen. We've seen glimpses where he just hits six three pointers in the first half, so he's had his moments. But this team is 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 in the position they are in right now because of the shrewd moves of Rob Polinka. How cool was it that Rob Polinka was shown side by side with Rob Lowe? That, <laughs> that was that was the joke for years that have those guys been seen in the same building together. They're the doppelgangers are essentially twins, but um it's just fun, guys. And I and I, tw- and I tweeted this after the game. You know, who knows how this all plays out, whether they win this series, whether they lose in six or seven. Just having the Lakers play a game like that in Los Angeles, like in May. I, I, I did not think that that would be possible for them to be playing a significant playoff game in May, going on the road, beating the Warriors like that. It's absolutely... Incredible, And when you go through the season that they did for the most part this year and the previous season, you really appreciate that. Because, again, they, they have not had that in quite some time. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Lakers and the Warriors and uh, talk a little bit about the other series as well when we come back right here on the Martyr 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaiian Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by This Morning Tribune on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340 um we would normally go out to the circus sports guest hotline right now but we have so much to get into this is really sort of what we've been waiting for and I didn't think it would happen again my bet with Armani buckets was that they would just make the play-in tournament right I think that that was the, the only bet and then I was, <laughs> yes. like, and then I kept on trying to do double or nothing like they'll win the play-in tournament they'll get in the playoffs and they'll they'll beat the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm still shocked that you did not take that bet uh but I mean the Lakers have can and by the way so we have another bet that you finally did uh, uh, uh agree to um I took the Lakers against the Warriors and, and to be honest the realistic side of me is not thinking that this is going to happen. My realistic prediction was Memphis in seven the Lakers one in six. My realistic prediction was Warriors in seven. I'm hoping it's Lakers in six. I I, I I just, um this is weird for a Lakers fan to do this, but you really have to think about where this team has been over the last few seasons following that championship in 2020. In 2021, again, talking to enough doctors, I had no expectation that team was going to repeat. Again, and, and by the way, if you look across the board, no team that made the conference finals in the bubble in Florida advanced past the first round. It was just almost impossible. That quick turnaround, you weren't going to have the same extended run. So that was fine. Hated that they blew that team up. And having gone through the last year and a half plus of just an absolutely brutal, grueling, depressing season with Russell Westbrook, and then basically having to run that same team back because you didn't have another choice and thinking like, man, like, I just want this team to be competitive again. I just want them to compete where because of the last season plus my expectations, usually as a Lakers fan is championship or bus. I'm just enjoying this run. And even again, e- like even if they were to lose in six or seven, I'll be so appreciative of what this team has become. So with that said, Brandon, how do you view this? Again, you are very high um, high standards, championship robust. You have that feeling with all of your teams. I just feel having gone through the nightmarish season of a year ago and really what this season was for the first, I don't know, 60 games, this is a breath of fresh air I never thought I would get
0: yeah I mean, I was pretty adamant about um, you know before the playoffs started before the play started that if they just won one series, I'd be pretty happy with it. Um, and again, I lied to myself because I'm still not <laughs> I'm still not' still not happy with it. I expect more uh, and I think that's because based off what I've seen uh, this is this is a team that can win it all. I'm saying I'm not saying they will and of course I'd be satisfied regardless. But I am so sick and tired of the Warriors. I think the <laughs> team, and it, wouldn't would it be so magical that LeBron would give Curry his first Western Conference uh, uh, play uh, playoff series loss since 2014. Um, I'm expecting a huge LeBron game, by the way, in game two. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully the Lakers get greedy and win game two and come back and sweep the series but that's not going to happen let's be real so uh i agree with you arash i'd be grateful for lakers in six i don't know if i'd be over to be able to go, get over it to be honest if the warriors won the series i think it would just break <laughs> me for life so this might be the last time this might be the last time the way lebron's career trajectory is going that the lakers could could you know win a championship i mean perhaps next year but like lebron's a year older. who knows how his foot will progress it doesn't look 100 now and davis is healthy right now so I feel like you got, I know we're playing with house money, but you got to capitalize. You have to win this champion. Well, you don't have to, but it'd be good to win this champion <laughs> in the city oh of Los Angeles. My, I mean, I, I'm
1: listening to. And then I'm like, so he he begins by saying, "Listen, I'll just be happy with a one series <laughs> win. And now he's basically saying he'll be tortured for life. He'll <laughs> never be able to recover from it if the Warriors win. They don't have a chance to win if they don't win this year. Uh, I mean, <laughs> as he's talking, I get more and more depressed. I'm just joking, Brendan. but listen, i I do think LeBron at some point because he is a human being breaking news. He will hit a wall at some point as a human being going into his 21st season. He'll he'll be 39 years old. He'll be 40. At some point, he will get to a point where he's not LeBron. I I, I do think he wants to play one season, whether it's with or against Bronny. He he wants to have that one moment. And I'm glad that he's changed it because I think at the beginning when he was talking about it, he was saying, I want to be teammates with my son. And it's like, well, well. Let's just say the Sacramento Kings draft him or something like that. Are you going to go to Sacramento? So I think he's changed it where he just wants to share the same court and go against him, right? Uh, He wants that one moment. And I think after that, whether he hits the wall at that point or whatnot, but yeah, listen, I do expect him not to be LeBron for the rest. You know, at some point he's going to hit that wall. And I would love for the Lakers to get him that one ring where he can get that. Parade down Figueroa, that rally I mean that that's the one thing he was robbed of, you know and I, and I think a, a lot of fans, again, I get it if you're not a Lakers fan and you want to diminish that championship, I am still amazed that Laker fans want to diminish that. like he's got to get one more. and by the way, so LeBron made a comment that was at zero percent controversial, not a hot take at all. He said, Anthony Davis will get his number three retired. Folks, that's happening. Like, I, I, I am always amazed that I think maybe because he's currently playing, people I they they get confused. Like when 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 Powell was at the end of his career, and I think Kobe had said it, a few other people said it, Powell will get his jersey retired. And there was, oh well, no, 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 Powell. you can't get his jersey retired. If you're gonna retire Powell Gasol's jersey, you gotta retire Derek Fisher and Michael Cooper. And I'm like, no, no. He is a all-time great. He is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. When Davis retires, he will be a first-ballot Hall of Fame player. He will have played five, six, or more years with the Lakers. And even if he doesn't win a championship, he will have won one championship here. He's getting his jersey retired, folks. I'm not saying he's going to get a statue. He is 100% as we sit here today going to get his jersey retired. It's not a hot take at all.
0: And yeah, by the way, yeah. if they win, if yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, if they win this year, he deserves a statue. Davis. There we go. <laughs>
1: Why not do you, no, Arash? Do you agree with that? If they win, the a second listen, one statue is different. So statue yeah. is more like. I mean they they really. I mean James Worthy doesn't have a statue. He's one of the fifty greatest players of all time. So. I'm I'm not going to say statue just because, listen, I'm still waiting, and I know it's going to happen at some point soon. I'm waiting on the Kobe statue. So let's get that done first. But 100% getting the number three re- retired. Like, like, even if something uh, terrible happens to him and his career is done uh, tomorrow, he's getting his number three retired. Like, he, he's already today done enough. And, again, people have to realize – The Jersey retirement is tied to not only the Hall of Fame, but what you did in Los Angeles for the Lakers. So it's not like Carl Malone played here one season. He's in the Hall of Fame. No, like how long did he play here? Did he win a championship here? Did he lead the team, you know, uh, to a couple of postseasons? What did he do here? And at the very least, he will have played here for half of his career. Again, he's not done, folks, Right. And he will have won at least one championship. That's all you got to do. I mean, he's getting his jersey retired.
2: 100% agree. Uh, No matter what happens, as you said, Arash, the rest of the way, one of the things that I value the most about you is your (laughs) level-headedness when it comes to your team and your beloved Lakers. Um, Here's the thing, all right? There's eight teams remaining. And you keep saying, you know, you had Memphis in seven. I respect that take. You had, you know, the Warriors in seven. If you were to power rank right now, right now, where would you put the Lakers? Because the East looks pretty shaky, to say the least. There's no powerhouse in the East right now. Yeah. Unless you you just want to say Jimmy Butler by himself is a powerhouse. And then in the West, we've seen what the Lakers can do. So where would you power rank them?
1: It's a great question. I mean, it's hard to put the Celtics up there because, you know, they lost game one. And so generally, if, if we have to fluctuate things a little bit, I'm for sure putting them in the top five, perhaps in the top four. Um, listen, I mean, because I'm going to go with the higher C. I'm going to go with the team that has done it consistently. So I'm still going to go with Denver. I'll go with the Celtics. I'll go... Warriors and Lakers, so I'm putting the Lakers in the top four, but I'm not putting them in the top three. I, again, it really goes down to, like, I, I'm still amazed, right, that the Lakers are in this position. I, I, I still I, – I have these moments, again, where I look at the calendar and it's May 1st and it's warm outside and they're in Golden State and they're beating the Warriors and they're taking a one-zero series lead in the Western Conference semifinals, three wins away from the Western Conference. This season came out of nowhere when they traded for Pau Gasol. And by the way, people want to say who was the first to think that this team could go on a run. I actually put it out there in the column in the Sporting Tribune when they made the D'Angelo trade. I said I got Pau Gasol vibes. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I said I could see this team going on a run and playing in the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics, which the Lakers did that year where they traded for, for, for Pau The year that they traded for Powell, the previous two seasons, they got bounced in the first round. The year before that, following the Shaq trade, they missed the playoffs completely. This was not a contending team. And even in the year that they traded for Powell, the Lakers fans, and people forget this, they booed Kobe because Kobe going into that season publicly demanded to be traded. Publicly said, I wanted to go to Chicago. Uh, He did not want to be there. So they make that trade for Powell. And it just flipped. I mean, Powell just fit perfectly. They made, like, other moves along the way. They got Trevor Ariza. They got Shannon Brown. Like, they just put together this really solid team that went to the finals. Again, they lost to the Celtics that year, but the following two years, they would win back-to-back. Back. I was overly, like, optimistic, but I said I like the pieces that they have. Would not be shocked if they go on some kind of a run here. So... I'm still, like, amazed that they're in this position. So that's why, like, they may be the best team remaining. I can't put them there yet. I'm going to put the Nuggets. I'll put the Celtics and even the Warriors because, again, like I said, they are they are still my, my pick. I'm picking Warriors in seven. I hope I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, I think the Lakers are the second-best team remaining as of right now. Well, I think Denver's one. I think you have to respect Denver, but the Lakers have really – been besides Denver, the most dominant team in the postseason so far. I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat that. Now, of course, they could get worse. They could lose to the Warriors. They could falter or they could get better and eclipse Denver. I mean, both are possible. I just can't put the Celtics up there. I can't put the 76ers uh, as good. Maybe 76ers three. That's probably where I'll go. Maybe 76ers two, Lakers three. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll be kind of. We'll give the Lakers a wide berth until they because again, Arash, this is all surreal. Last year, we were, you know, they were in Cancun for like five weeks. <laughs> by this point, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. I guess this is all great. But I just think in my head, and I don't want to get greedy, but I just think like Davis is thirty. You know, he's not going to yeah. be that guy that, that's going to be no, dominant at, 30, at thirty-five, like Curry or or LeBron. I mean, he's had too many. He's had too too vast of an injury history. Now, I hope I'm wrong. Perhaps he does, but. It's this year, or next year. You got to get it done if you really want a championship.
1: You bring up a great point. You just have to talk to our good friend, great Mona, or or a Clippers fan. Look at that team. I mean, they they did on paper put together a championship team. When that team has been healthy, Kawhi and Paul George and the role players that they surrounded those two guys with. It's health. Kawhi has never been well. It's 2020 in the bubble where they just collapsed. But outside of that, 2021, 2022, 2023 has not been healthy in the playoffs. And so when you have a healthy Anthony Davis, the reason it's a b- big if, and we always talk about that, if if Anthony Davis is healthy, it's like, well, I mean, when is he healthy? Whatever. If he's healthy and you're getting what you're getting, you, you're 100% right. They have to take this moment, take advantage of it, because we, the, there's no guarantee he's going to be healthy. I mean, just look at Kawhi. Kawhi, by the way, in two of those postseasons, Came in there healthy in, uh, in in 2021, having a historically great statistical postseason, going, uh, I think, game four against Utah, then he's done. Then he's out for a calendar year. He's done. In this series, I mean, sorry, this year against Phoenix, an amazing first round game one where we're like, oh my God, that's playoff Kawhi. That's the best player we've seen, you know, like offense, defense, best like all around player since Jordan. Then he gets hurt in game two. So when you have AD healthy, when you have LeBron as healthy as he can be, you take advantage of that because there's no guarantee you're going to get that again.
0: Absolutely. That's why I'm trying to get greedy with this stuff because I don't know if we're ever going to get this. You know, uh, of course, we don't know the future. I hope we get it every year, you know. But again, got to know where we're at. Got to hope we win this series against the Warriors. And by the way, Something I'll say, and I'll quote I'll quote Nick Wright on this, who I think had a really good point on this. 15 more threes the Warriors had than the Lakers. Fifteen, and the Lakers still won. LeBron yeah. almost shot him out of the game. They it's still won.
1: Brandon, <laughs> I mean their Warriors fans want to talk about the free throw disparity. That happens when your team just jacks up three pointers. You go to that yeah, Jordan. How are they gonna Purson. get fouled? Exactly. You go to that Jordan <laughs> and by the way. I, that would a, be a terrible shot for the majority of teams in the league. The Warriors, of course, think that's a fine shot because that's what they're built on. That's what they do. By the way, it, when you watch that replay, it's not that the, the shot's bad. It's that there's no one near him. He didn't have to shoot from that far out. I mean, he could have like waltzed up. It wasn't going to be like a layup, but he didn't have to jack it up from that far away. So, again, the Warriors are always going to have that kind of disparity from the free throw line because – that's, that's not their game.
2: Absolutely. I've seen that take a lot about how he could have walked up. I just feel like, I don't know, like he he's in rhythm. That's I know he's right. really yeah. deep. Um, So what do you guys think about that though? You think that, you know, from a non-Lakers fan perspective, from a neutral perspective, was it a good shot, bad shot? It was a fine shot.
1: And the reason that it was a fine shot is that team is built on those kind of shots. So I, you don't change who you are. That's Steph doing that. That's Jordan Poole doing that. That's Clay doing that. I have no problem with that shot. It just looks bad. Again, if, uh, on a team that's not the Warriors, on a team that's not built on shots like that and moments like that. And by the way, the roof would have come off the place if he would have hit that shot. Yeah, it's it's that's what they do. So I'm not gonna. If for them, for him, that's a fine shot. If that's if that's a uh, Rui Hachimura or D'Angelo <laughs> Russell or whoever, I'm like. Are you kidding He's me, bro? So it's straight different. to Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the D'Angelo Russell air ball, though, late in the game. That I mean, was, he yeah. <laughs> did it. He did it The game winner, though, baby He did. You know, when it was 112 12 1-12, and hats off to D'Angelo Russell. He's going to get a bag, a huge bag from the Lakers this offseason.
1: I'll oh, um, buckets real quick, uh, just because we didn't get to talk to you yesterday. The Dylan Brooks story is fascinating. By the way, <laughs> if, if a tweet does like a million views, it does well. This is how fascinating the Dylan Brooks thing is. Shams Shams's tweet about Dylan Brooks not coming back under any circumstances, which I, this is my favorite quote about that. Under any circumstances, <laughs> it is at well over fifty million views right now. It is the most that popular. Uh, your thoughts on that? <laughs> he, he could be I out mean, of I'm,
2: I'm not surprised. I don't think he'll be out of the league because he is still he does he plays defense, and that's a valuable thing. It takes me back to I'm sure you remember this, Arash. What Kobe said about Matt Barnes after Matt Barnes faked the ball in his face in Orlando? Oh, yeah. Do you remember what
1: Kobe said about Matt Barnes? I think he liked that. Like he liked. What, I forgot. He said exactly. something
2: to the effect of, "If you're crazy enough to mess with me, you're crazy enough to play with me." Uh, yeah, and yeah, so yeah.
1: I could wait, see wait. that. Are oh, the Lakers Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Why hey, not? Brandon? I mean, Brandon, what do you think? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I
0: actually, I actually would love Dylan Brooks. He plays defense, and half our team can't shoot anyways. <laughs> Why not? He, I also think we also be cheap. Yeah. And I'll also say this, Armand great defender. I think Memphis did him wrong with this, with this report. Um, And I like Memphis. I, I like how they've run their organization, but this is a guy who averaged 26 points per game in the postseason a few years ago, who gave his career, his life to the Grizzlies and really what helped win them the first round last year. Like I know he was bad against the Lakers, but I mean, it's the Lakers. The Lakers look great right now. It's not like, would they have won that series without Dylan Brooks? No, I don't think so.
2: We see Either this way, in base- they're going to lose. We you know? see this in baseball sometimes when a hitter just loses their confidence, can't swing anymore, changes scenery. All of a sudden, the swing comes back. The batting average goes up. I think that's what's going to happen with Dylan Westbrook. Brooks. Westbrook. Yeah, with Westbrook. Great example. He's not as bad as he played in the last few months of the season or even this whole season. Change of scenery could do him wonders, and his price is probably going to be low. Don't be surprised if LeBron says, hey, Rob, why don't we take a look at this guy as a bench piece for us next season?
1: I love that. By the way. Yeah, yeah.
2: I was going to
0: say, listeners, pray to the gods that the Lakers destroy the Sith.
1: We need game two. <laughs> I love that. Listen, that, that could be a future column in the Sporting Tribune. Why the Lakers need to sign Dylan Brooks or why, why Dylan Brooks would be the perfect teammate for LeBron James. All right. That is all the time we have for today. This has been a dream show. The Lakers are three wins away from the conference finals. That's all the time we we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy.
2: This is
0: the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.